I'm Marcus Richardson. And I'm Nathan Hicken. It is a very special episode of Aurelius Whitlock's Murder <laughs> Museum. Yes. Where y'all get to ask the questions and what good questions they were. Yes, we are now on the chopping block. Yeah, I mean, is it really any surprise that the listeners of this show are excellent at interrogating, <laughs> asking deep cutting questions? I don't know what that says about our audience or us, but you know. I think it's great. Yeah. An inquisitive lot. But yeah, we asked you guys if you had any questions about the podcast, about us, and y'all came through with some excellent questions that we're excited to walk through. Uh, Shout out to our listener, Sam M., who wins the award for asking the most questions. Uh, (laughs) I don't even think we'll be able to get to all of them, but it'll give us good answering fodder for maybe another, uh, a later episode. Yeah, we're excited. Shall we get started, Nathan? Or do you have any announcements before? Ooh, announcements. We'll, we'll get we'll get to teases and stuff at the end. So let's let's hop right into it. Heck yeah! All right. Well, the the first question is from August, who asks, "What made you guys want to start making the podcast?" Oh, okay. So this kind of goes into like uh, the inspiration for the podcast. So this is this is the story as as I remember it. Um, so Marcus and I, uh, we were in the same grad program, mass communications, and, uh, we discovered that we had an infinity for the same types of murdery stuff. And I stumbled upon a podcast called Solve This Murder. Um, and I was like, Marcus, have you heard this? It's by the people who do escape this podcast. It's incredible. And before I believe you even listen to it, you're like, oh my gosh, why don't, why aren't we doing something like that? Yep. Yeah. So this podcast is directly inspired by uh, our friends over at Solve This Murder, uh, even before I had ever listened <laughs> to it, <laughs> because I heard the idea and I got mad that we weren't also doing it. Uh, so then we started. Uh, we started uh, to do it ourselves. Both of us enjoy D&D, that kind of thing. And both of us, of course, enjoy murder <laughs> mysteries quite a bit. Yes. So, uh it felt like a fun thing to do, and it has been. It's been awesome. Yeah, we've been doing it for, mm, this is a year and uh, some change? Yeah, over a year. Wow. Yeah, it's been uh, a lot of fun. That Actually, while we're kind of talking about our origin story, uh, Sam and a few other people asked, how did we meet? How long have we been friends? <sighs> great questions. Great, great, great. <laughs> So Nathan and I, I guess, officially met during our undergrads, but I don't remember much of the encounter. <laughs> Something about Nathan wearing a Scooby-Doo shirt, which is... Yeah, Marcus wearing a Mystery School shirt, where I was like, huh, Oh, that's, that's cool. what it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, we, it really was uh, in college being in the same, same classes. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Nathan also, as an aside, set me and the, the woman <laughs> I would eventually marry on a date, so... I'm pretty sure in the friend rule somewhere, he has to be my friend forever. Yeah, yeah. Like, there, there's no option. <laughs> we can't fall out because I'm indebted to him. Yeah, that's, I signed so. a contract, so alas, we're stuck with each other. Right. So, Th- There are some rules. Like, you, you set up a couple, you have to be the best man. Alas. That happens. <laughs> also, uh, if you set someone up, then they have to set you back up with someone as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, hmm, hmm. So, that's on me. Uh, Still waiting for that. <laughs> No. Uh. Uh, <laughs> that's a, a little bit about us. Um, all right. So we have some questions here also about how do we come up with stories? 
Uh, Nora asked what our process is. RJM asked, how do we come up with so many varying and different interesting ideas for mysteries? And Maddie asked, uh, how do you come up with these ideas and do all the world building? So uh, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this, since obviously we both write our own half of this podcast. For me, it really is just like the premise that excites me. So like, if I can say it in a sentence of why it would be an interesting setting, then that gets me excited enough to kind of uh, keep going with it. And also, I think everything that I've made, and probably both of, both of us has, have made, is heavily inspired by the media that I like, yep. that I consume. Yep. So I'm fully aware that a lot of this stuff that I make might not be, you know, I might not be the first to have thought of it, but I do think the way creativity works is, even if a similar story has been told, it hasn't been told by me yet. Exactly, exactly. Like, even if someone has the same idea, if they tell it, there are going to be differences. You know, they're going to tell it at least slightly differently and more likely much differently. So that's awesome. How about you? How do you world build? How do you brainstorm? So for me, I I always start out with an interesting premise and a detail about the mystery that really excites me. For example, spoilers, um, summer camp exhibit, it's the fact that they're secretly monsters or the gal exhibit where it's a time loop or this most recent one airship or the, uh, the moonshine express Moonshine exhibit where um, there's a mistaken identity where someone isn't who they say they are with with the murder victim and whatnot. So I I find that stuff super fascinating, and that's like what digs in. And then I go from there and I build out the location and the characters. So I'll get a general feel of where slash when it's going to be. Um, for example, is it going to be an airship, a museum, a summer camp, um, a manor? Um, or mm, yeah foreshadowing yeah and then i like to go through build out all the characters um who they are and how they know each other um so uh that helps me determine motives um where they were uh when the murder happened whatever and then I, once i've built out all the motives so people have interactions with each other then i figure out who did the murder uh before building out the rest of the location where things are the clues and then the dialogue interactions so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i think that even after we've done a couple of these my process is still different in the sense that rather than come up with all the characters and their motives and then deciding what the who the murderer is i think of what the plot is of the actual murder Mm. what you know what is the actual story and then i fill in the basically all the other characters to either be red herrings or you know, people who give information, which I think they're they're uh, pros to doing either yeah. way. Uh, and at the end of the day, if you if you made a thing, then the the process yeah. worked yeah. at some level. And we <laughs> we still blast either way we build it. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kind of going along the same theme here, Lamp G or Lamp J asks, how do y'all coordinate the museum lore? Alex G asked basically the same thing. They said, how do you guys sort out the meta narrative? Do each of you have free reign to surprise the other? Or do you have a rough idea (laughs) where you both want things to go? That's a great question. Well, so we each have our different plot lines that we're going with with the Murder Museum. So we know what each other's plot line they're following is. We don't know all the points on that. Uh, For example, again, this is a little spoilery. 
I have the ghost in the machine arc. So Marcus doesn't know everything that happens in the arc, but he knows some of the bigger things, um, like what the what it, what it is, um, but he doesn't know how it's going to end. Doesn't know exactly how things are going to play out. So we we I guess delegate out different parts. I'll let Marcus talk about his part, but yeah, and then we we still get to surprise each other, which is fun. Right, and it's a bold assumption that I even remember the things that we've both agreed on. <laughs> so I think that there's still room to surprise me, even with the things that's supposed to be in our collective knowledge. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we we have we've talked broad strokes. Um, a lot of people have noted the the meta mystery, the meta narrative of the murder museum itself, and that really is something we want to continue to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like in some of the earlier episodes. Um, you can tell that we're still kind of testing the waters of doing that, you know? Like, I sort of added a throwaway reference to a character that has not popped up yet. Uh, yet, yet. Yet, 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 yet. Um, I'm still waiting for the grass man. Yeah. He he, he, he could appear, possibly, maybe. Look out. Um, but yeah, I, I think that as we've gone further, I think both of us have more of an idea of the story we want to tell and what some of the bigger questions are. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so expect more on that soon. But as far as the way we coordinate it, it was, you know, some initial discussion and then creative trust. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, uh. I mean, I've really loved what Nathan has done with Genevieve uh, so far. I'm really excited. It sounds like she's going to continue to be an important part of the next couple mysteries I do. Yes, sir. I'm we'll extremely get- excited for that. <laughs> Because ah, there's something so fun about episodic and yet connected, you know, like things right. where you can listen to uh, a mystery on its own, but then you feel like you got more out of it if you have the context for everything that came before. Yeah. And you're understanding more about the world, where things are going. I, I love that feeling. Yep. So like most things, we're really just doing what we like to see, uh, <laughs> yep. you know, making it ourselves because... That's the best way to make what you like is, or to, to get what you like is to make it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Alec G also asked, how did you come up with the name Aurelius Whitlock? And is it at all related to the Roman emperor Marcus Aurelius? Uh, short, yes, it is. So Aurelius has been a, a pseudonym I've used for a few different projects before um, because my name is Marcus as you may have heard me say. <laughs> what? Wait. <laughs> I know. Crazy lore drops happening in this episode. <laughs> um, and we knew... Anyway, we were brainstorming what to call our podcast. We wanted like, the name of uh, an enigmatic-sounding person. Yes. Uh, so Whitlock, I, in my head, Aurelius sort of represents me and Whitlock sort of represents you. And so it's a magal- <laughs> amalgamation of both. But yeah, I, I don't know. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I feel like it it, it, it fits both our, our vibes. Um, I still remember I have somewhere in my journal the late night brainstorming session where we're trying to pair names together. Being like, does this work? Does this work? Does this work? But yeah. And we'll learn more about Aurelius later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about Aurelius later. I do sometimes wonder if we should have picked a name with fewer syllables, but you know, we're here, we're committed, yeah. we're here to stay, and so is Aurelius Whitlock. Uh, but yeah, next question. 
uh, Nelbel 1119 or Nelbel 1119 asks, is this your full-time job? I am absolutely flattered. Yes. What a flattering (laughs) question. Uh, No, it is not. Not even a little bit. (laughs) You'll notice, in fact, that we haven't yet uh, implemented ads even on this podcast. So um, the... There is obviously a way to, to support the show, link in the description, but ultimately this is just something that we really enjoy. Yeah, passion project that both of us get creative fulfillment out of, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good outlet. The reason we're still doing it is because of you. You, the listener. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, people have found us in, in different ways, and it's been awesome to see the excitement and support that you guys have given yeah. us it's been really cool to interact with the community hear your questions hear what you're what you're thinking so we've had a lot of fun with it and i i'm glad we're still we'll st- we're still going a year later so and who knows maybe it could someday <laughs> be a full-time job ah <laughs> oh, ain't that would be incredible okay um rasse writing po- probably Apologies that I get a lot of <laughs> usernames probably incorrect here. Um, Raze Writing asks, do you have any plans for putting out your notes or an outline for the mysteries in a book so we can play through the mysteries ourselves? Mm. So my notes, especially my early notes, like the first two cases I did, are so not up to snuff. Like they're, <laughs> they're not good enough to share i gotta say like i i would have to do some serious work but but nathan you are methodical (laughs) and organized uh yeah my my notes are very 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 thorough we'll talk about this in a little bit but uh i keep extensive notes extensive outlines so that if i forget something so i don't have to remember anything on the top of my head that it's all written down somewhere that i logic everything out so i think it would be cool to get outlines out at some point online um, if people are interested in that. It sounds like we've had some uh, calls for the outline. So I think it would be cool and we'll, that's something I think we'd like to try. So. I like how you said calls. It makes it sound like it's political outrage or something. <laughs> some the calls citizens for the have called for more transparency in their murder mysteries. Have called for the releasing of information that should not be... <laughs> Confidential uh, documents released... <laughs> Yes. Breaking. Uh. Ivory Tower breaks open as rabid fans. Never mind. Search warrant issued for Rayleigh's Whitlock's murder museum. <laughs> They're really holding a knife to our throats here. It sounds like we got to do it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, keep us posted, Nathan. I would also love to, to see those notes be more shareable uh, yes. for the general public. Yeah, and if you guys do try out some of our murder mysteries once we release outlines, uh, let us know how it goes. Absolutely. Because we've playtested these with different people, and they always turn out different every time we playtest it. So. Yes, 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 yes. Very true. That's fun. I, I actually just playtested yesterday uh, parts of my next mystery, <laughs> and uh, it was with my younger brother, Andy, who you know as well, Nathan. <laughs> Uh, yes, I love it. And he he has this thing where he immediately exploits whatever he can in the setting. <laughs> like <laughs> so he, he found one thing that I said 
he could do. And it was like me with the uh, Memento Mori. <laughs> he just <laughs> he just used the hammer on every nail he could find. It was very funny. Love it. Yeah. Oh, as a side uh, note, I mean, like to give an example, when I play tested the empty cage exhibit with him, I was like, "All right, now you can do whatever you want to do. You're you're in a fourth grade classroom." He said, "Okay, I eat an eraser." <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he he goes up to one of the people to interrogate, and he's like, "I hand them an eraser to eat." <laughs> <laughs> like, they accept it's a little rubbery uh <laughs> peace offering yeah anyway so I love that. it's it's very funny how much the personality how much the feel of a mystery can change based on how th- how the the player engages with it oh man yes but yeah all right up next question from maddie found the episode where nathan debriefed his murder mystery party rather interesting have y'all thought about selling murder mystery parties like that Mm-hmm. Have you, Nathan? Have you thought about this? Oh, I have thought about it. Uh, it has not become a reality yet, but it's something that we're interested in. Um, Marcus and I actually wrote a little murder mystery party that we'll talk about on an episode, feature episode of Murder We Didn't Wrote slash We Did Wrote, because we did wrote it. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that we've kind of uh, <laughs> painted ourselves into a corner here with our naming convention on episodes. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, should we say what the murder mystery was? Yeah, you want to you tease it really quick? Yeah, so the, the great thing about making murder mysteries for friends is you don't really need to worry too much about copyright infringement. <laughs> uh, yep. So we did a Smash Bros, Super Smash Bros themed murder mystery party where Mario was murdered and everyone else there was a Smash Bros character uh, on the current roster. Um, and we had what twenty people there, like yes, yes, somewhere around there. We had tournament mechanics going on, so ways to battle other uh, Smash Bros players. So it was it was intense. Yeah. So we obviously love making that kind of thing. I think. I mean, I honestly, we would be open to commissions if someone reached out to us. But uh, yeah. at this point, we're not like actively writing or selling <laughs> no um, murder mystery parties. But you could be the first. Hey. Just email at us at murdermuseum at gmail.com. <laughs> um, actually, on that note, when we're t- while we're talking about selling things, we are opening our merchandise store. Wow. Oh Grand opening. Grand opening. So uh, link in the description. Again, we have a couple of t-shirt and sticker designs. And uh, we're really excited to share them with you. Uh, it helps support the show and helps you represent uh, the podcast in in the public world. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't need to explain why you might want it. If you want it, you want it. <laughs> you if just, you don't, you don't. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> Thus, go take a peek. <laughs> take a peek. See if uh, it uh, flits your fancy. Fl- flies flies your fancy. Fl- flights your fancy. Fly, fa- flights a fancy. Fan- fancies your flight. Hmm. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah. Okay, good. Did it. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> moving on. 4G writes, longtime listener, first time emailer. I absolutely love your podcast and was curious if you were thinking of creating a Discord server for fans of the podcast to gather and talk with one another. Keep up the good work. Uh, this is something that is potentially interesting to us. Um, in fact, I think I'll probably drop uh, a poll on the Spotify version of this show. 
uh, to ask if anyone else is interested in that. I'll be honest, it's a little intimidating to me, the idea that <laughs> we would have to moderate probably our own space and yeah. uh, the the words and thoughts expressed there could reflect negatively on us. And <laughs> not that you know. any of you wonderful people would do that. I'm sure that this is a wonderful community and a, a Discord would be a cool place. But uh, yeah, let us know if, if there is interest in that. We could definitely investigate such a thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have a bunch of questions here from Sam. And uh, I think we could just do a speed run. Uh, <laughs> go through these real quick. Boom. Where are you both from? We both have lived a couple of places, but you lived more interesting places. Nathan. <laughs> uh, I'm mostly from Michigan, lived overseas for a little bit, moved around, but I claim Michigan as home, so. Nice. Uh, I was born in Iowa and raised in New Mexico, and now both of us are in Utah. Okay, next up. Did you read Encyclopedia Brown books as a kid? I most certainly did, along with a slew of other detective novels. Yes, I did as well. Probably not as many as Nathan, but yes. <laughs> how much time do you get to spend on the podcast each week? I like how he says get to, not have to. That's, <laughs> to. It's a subtle difference, but it's noted uh. and appreciated. Um, editing an hour of audio can take three to four hours of editing time to do. Um, it takes a while to edit out the ums and uhs. If you think we're bad now, just imagine what the unedited audio is like. Um, <laughs> and selecting music, sometimes writing music. Actually, yeah, I, I write music, original music for every case, but usually just like two tracks or so. Uh, but yeah, so, and as far as our recording schedule goes, it's in brief spurts because it takes me so long to edit the things that, you know, we record for, I don't know, a weekend, and then I have, like, two months yeah. to <laughs> release the episodes. Yeah, we'll usually split up the uh, exhibits themselves into a couple of recording sessions, just because we need a break slash where it, fit, where it fits good, so, you know, these are very long exhibits, so. Yeah, they're getting longer. <laughs> we, Alas. <laughs> which is, I mean, hey, it's fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, what tools, cheat sheets, etc., does the narrator use to keep track of what the detective has uncovered? Is it like a choose-your-own-adventure script or a checklist with things to mark off, etc.? Mm. Uh, so I've I've seen yours, Nathan, and they yes. are <laughs> kind of like kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure because when you go to a specific place, you hyperlink to that place. You can click it yep. and go to it within your document. So it's Kind of like a text-based adventure game. Uh, <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm letting Marcus narrate, but he can't see the actual text. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Which is, uh, I mean, it's pretty fun uh, that yeah. you do it that way. Uh, for my stuff, yeah, it's kind, of lo uh, it's kind of organized by locations and by characters. So each character has something. Each location has kind of a, a list of things that could be found there. Uh, next up, do you prefer to be the narrator or the detective? That's a great question. For me, I think it depends. I love having written a murder mystery and getting to present it. That is super fun. It is not always the easiest coming up with the murder mystery and fixing all the plot holes slash mechanical issues. But, but I also love the feeling of figuring things out. So yeah. 
I it's whatever I've done last. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, man, early on, I definitely would have said the narrator or the curator because I'm the type who likes to be the dungeon master for Dungeons and Dragons. You know, I kind of mm. like to have narrative mm. control because I it, I kind of enjoy the challenge of having to think on my feet and make make a narrative arc out of improv actions. But I am just really enjoying the stuff that you're coming up with, Nathan. So it's pretty easy for me to get excited about being a detective at this point, especially when I feel like I'm trying to put together an idea and I'm like, ah, it's not really working. And then I play through one of your things. I'm like, it's so cool. <laughs> it's polished. It's made just for me. So uh, it's a lot of fun to be a detective. I, I think that's my favorite right now, yeah. at least. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, next, do you have a favorite story or episode? Oh, that's 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 uh, that's tough for me. There's favorite moments of, out of all exhibits, but two I'm really proud of. Um, one is the Gal exhibit with the, the time loop mechanic. That was something mm. I was like, I'm not sure if it is going to work out, but it right. did work. And then the end of the moonshine exhibit. I I worked on that ending and i i'm just really pleased with how the characters came together in that and how marcus how you played through it because that was so satisfying to be like ah oh, yes he he gets he's seeing what's happening he has good rapport with the, with harley which <laughs> was a blast for me but yeah absolutely 100 the same i would say that the moonshine exhibit has been my favorite so far um that I, I think it's so cool that there was an emotional ending conclusion, not just a, I solved it. The end. Um, as far as the ones that I've written and curated, I would say the empty cage has been my favorite mm. because oh my gosh, I, I'm a sucker for gimmicky settings and I like, you know, you have to play by the rules of the world you're in. <laughs> and it's such a distinct world in my head, the grade school world and the classroom yeah. so uh it, it's also just fun because like here's the thing i like murder mysteries not for the gruesomeness um or the the spookiness or the the danger of it all more than mm -hmm. anything i like it for the kind of puzzly aspect um i like what they call cozy murder mysteries <laughs> so by having it be the murder of a hamster uh that makes it already kind of tongue-in-cheek a little silly you know <laughs> like you can't take it too too seriously yeah there, there can be real emotion in there but it kind of does set the tone of like we are we are here for fun so <laughs> exactly uh, i love that one love being able to go back into elementary school all right sam also asked us be honest which of you is sherlock and which of you is watson <laughs> uh marcus i think you should go first Okay, and I've thought about this. <laughs> I think that when it comes to solving mysteries, you are the Sherlock and I am the Watson. <laughs> you are the, the engine that propels us from clue to clue and puts together the pieces. And I am your, uh, I, I am your, your second. Um, I think that in other situations, I'm the Sherlock and you're the Watson, like mm -hmm. in kind of not social situ well, sort of social situations. <laughs> yeah, I just no. talk I talk a lot is the thing. So like 
it would be difficult for you to be the Sherlock because I take up so much space with my <laughs> my dumb mouth. <laughs> oh, I disagree. But no, uh, I do agree. I agree on your assessment. Um, but I, th- I think we do have we both have our Sherlock and Watson moments, though. And I think playing through Bill and Danny's escape room showed that too. Um, and also playing through we we've done like consulting detective stuff together. And yes, you should you should clarify the the game consulting detective. We have oh, not yeah, sorry. been consulting <laughs> we, detectives. We are not open for hire, alas. But hey, we can start um, doing that too. Yeah, side gigs. Cannot, cannot guarantee how good we'll be, but we'll give it a shot. <laughs> uh, Wait, so in the in that escape room thing that we did with Bill and Danny. Would you say who who would you say was the Sherlock? Uh well you did assign yourself the dog role, if you remember. Mm, so. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> you did literally put yourself as a sidekick. So, so. probably not Sherlock. Yeah. I'm well naturally I was Sherlock Bones and you were Ah no. yes. The That's crossover. <laughs> the multiverse. Okay. Um and uh, one last question from Sam, and then one last question. Uh, so this is the penultimate question. Ooh. He asks, can you give us a teaser for what's coming next? Mm. Well, I can tell you the next exhibit I'm going to narrate is called the Hard Boiled Exhibit. And um, it's going to function a little bit differently than our previous murder mysteries. A little less of... Uh, a stationary setting and a little more chances for exploration and deductive reasoning. Intriguing. I'm so excited to play through that one. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm very excited. I've been compiling some hard boiled isms so I can uh, pull them out when I, when needed. So that's, thus. that is important. I won't tell you why <laughs> that's important, but it is. Oh gosh. Um, teaser for me though. The next exhibit that I will be hosting will be the betrayal exhibit. Uh, it will be the beginning of the end of the arc. So there's a, there's three more exhibits in my current arc. And we'll see some return of some familiar characters and some interesting new mechanics that I hope work. Oh, that's so exciting. Oh, man, I'm so, so excited. I'm also excited <laughs> for, for listeners to give us their, their thoughts and feedback, you know, because I feel like there might be some people who are like, uh-uh, you should just keep to the storytelling, like Nick's all mechanics ever. Uh, but other people <laughs> might be fascinated by them. So we'll see. Does does this mean it's going to be based on the board game Betrayal of the House on the Hill? Is that what this means? You, you will see. That is a very intriguing thought. Mm. I'm so excited. Mm. I almost feel like me doing stuff muddies the water because you have such a <laughs> an end goal in mind. And I'm just <laughs> piddling around with whatever I think of next. It gives me time to get my own arc sorted, so you know, yeah. fair enough. Not a bad yeah. thing. No, I mean part of the fun of all of this is is trading, because yeah. then it feels like I'm both discovering our world we're building together, and then also, you know, making making decisions. Exactly. Okay. Well, I think we have uh, time for just this last question here. Okay. From Ghost Cassius or Cassie. Just, <laughs> I don't know how else I'd pronounce it, but I'm sure there's another way. Casigius. Uh, uh, yeah, that's good. They ask, will we ever learn more about Aurelius Whitlock himself? So basically, oh. who is Aurelius Whitlock? I'm so glad you asked this question. 
Yeah, go ahead. Do, do you want to start off? I think it'll help. Yeah, actually. Stuff will make more sense if people can understand kind of the central concept of who he is. Oh my gosh, right. So the biggest thing you really need to understand about Rayleigh's Whitlock is... My dear friends, you're cunning and clever, but easy answers take no endeavor. Who I was and the new man I became are answers that will take some effort to claim. Thank you.